Welcome to SideQuest Source. Come for the gaming, stay for my sexy voice. Perfect. That's perfect. Well, of course it's perfect. perfect. Yes. So, um, so, we're having a special this this week because we can't for various reasons. A Not, special don't. social distancing podcast. Yes, a special social distancing po- podcast. And, oh, sorry, I dropped my headphones. You're always complaining about us. Without meeting your friends. You're always complaining about us dropping things or banging things, and you do most of that yourself. Yes, I do. I know. I know. You guys do do all the banging. We bang. You're the ones with kids. Oh, yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. So we apologize. None of the protection. We we apologize for the sound quality, um, but hopefully we'll be able to do. Well, hopefully I can clean it up enough to make it sound nice. Yes. Yeah. For at least a podcast. Yeah, I mean, like, because it, 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 it could happen that we have to do it this way all winter if we don't really know what's going to happen. Now the flu, flu season is starting in the nor- northern hemisphere. That is true. Mm-hmm. You don't know true. how bad the thing's well, going to get. Then at that point, I will lend you my audio equipment. So, social distancing, that's a very important topic now, um, even in the board gaming world. Uh, we touched upon it, um, I think, in episode two. Um, about like online board games slightly yeah yeah, yeah. we did yeah. yeah we did so um but now more than ever um it might be worth looking into you know like what are what are some types of board games that can be played um without um worrying about getting too close to each other what, what are good social distancing games that could be played with your same gaming group or with minimum amount of fuss well, the oldest one that I'm aware of is Chess by Mail. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you simply send forth back and forth your... You send your move to the uh, to the other player, and then they'll make the move on their chessboard, send by mail back what, what they want to do. And so that's very, very, very poorly explained. <laughs> but, well, I guess, that was, I guess that was what they did back in, like, during the Spanish flu. You know, like well, could, yeah, well, back in the day, when people just lived lived far away, and that way you could have an ongoing chess game with a friend, where you both set up your chess boards, and mm. then whenever you make you make a move, you write that in your letter, and maybe so, so something else that's going on, and you send it to your friend. Then they make the move that you wrote on their chess board, and then they then they make yeah. their own move and send it forth, and so and, and so on and so on. And you, nowadays, you could do that a lot faster with say text messages and stuff the internet yeah we can actually play on play online or if you want to have that old school vibe to actually have chess boards out and, yeah. and then just use like text messages messages or something yeah to send, yeah. send, yeah. send like queen to f5 and so on the whole there is a skill involved mm-hmm. with saying it that way yeah go ahead yeah. Tom. the whole play by mail uh idea uh, it's it works very well for a certain type of game only the kind of game where one person makes a full set of moves and then it's the next person's turn and then they make a full set of moves for any game where there's sort of rapid interaction between players or perhaps a storytelling element play by mail loses out somewhat but um but chess is a perfect example because each person makes a single turn and then it's the other person's chance to to ponder and uh, respond but not mm. not all games would work well in that format yeah but you mm-hmm. could play tiny epic dinosaurs by mail yes you could play tiny epic dinosaurs by mail the only issue i would i was going to say then is that any game that involves an element of chance uh 
a random dice or drawing cards from a shared pool. Uh, therein lies a problem. Um, obviously, mm, you can play yeah. entirely on trust, and that's absolutely fine. Uh, or you have a third player who is who is responsible for third party that's re- that's responsible for the dice and the cards, and you trust them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's kind of a boring player, don't you think? <laughs> the only thing that they'd be doing is just like rolling dice and yeah. then pulling cards. He doesn't like, get to play the game. He just writes down the results and send it forward. But yeah. he, he just yeah. waits someone to like send him in a mail like every three months, and then he's like, oh, great. You know, now I rolled yeah. the dice. <laughs> well, that's a business idea. Exciting. business idea for people. Mm-hmm. Dice roller yeah. and card card puller. But the problem then is that every step has to go through this additional player so instead of i send my moves to you you send your moves back i send my moves to the third player they send the response to you then you send your response to the third player and then he forwards it to me there's it Uh, it doubles the amount of letters sent well yes yes if you do it with letters but if you do it with say modern chat programs then you just have a group chat where the the third uh third party is part of the group chat and you just declare i want to do this and I will roll this many dice and, and well, pull a card I mean, in this deck, and then they respond. What happens? I reject. Like you have you have rolled twenty. Roll yeah. twenty. I reject your modern technology, and I want to send it via pigeon. Well, it's absolutely doable. It just takes more time. Yep. Yeah. No, but roll 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 twenty basically allows allows us to play quite a few um, games that normally you can play like you know around the table and you can play it now you know with very good social distancing i mean well, there's fiasco we can play mm-hmm. and well, uh, a lot of those games you don't actually need roll 20 i mean because you could just play them over whatsapp group, group video chats as well yeah and True. you did you just throw a dice and you show people what, what you got or if you're doing it online and just with, with a computer there's there's a lot of websites out there that are virtual dice rollers use one of those I, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think these online services for games like uh, Tabletopia and Roll20 work... Are the devil. <laughs> Are the de- okay, fine. Um, I'll, 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 devilishly I'll, good. I'll, I'll take that under advisement. I, I think they work best with games that don't have too many tokens or moving parts. Now, if, if you take Dungeons & Dragons, for example, that's the classic game to play on Roll20... Um, if you are using battle maps, there's a map and your piece on it. There aren't lots of little tokens and cards and things to flip around. Uh, we played Fiasco through Tabletopia. There's there's a few cards in, in there, but not a huge amount. But yeah. imagine playing like a big 4X game on Tabletopia. Imagine trying to keep track of the hundreds of different tokens and cards that are spread out. That That would be really difficult. At that point, then, I would say that, you know... A big game like that, then you have to play like it has to be its own own game, own program where it's all digitized. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe. You know. But if you want the tabletop, I think Tabletopia would be okay with that because you you can make all these stacks smaller. Essentially, you don't have this like large amount of uh, tall card stacks. You just have the tokens. This is the card stack for this, card stack for that. And seeing as it's online, can't you? I'm not sure. Can you like save the game halfway on a Tabletopia? Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. But and then like, you don't have to have 100, 100 cards in your hand because then you have that at the bottom of your screen. But for for Roll20, I do understand that because for Roll20, it seems more like a good place to have all of your documents collected. So for pen and paper RPG mm-hmm. systems, so you open up your, like, essentially your shared project, and within that you have your your uh, uh, character sheets and, and, and whatnot, and the DM has all of their 
related paperwork for the for the campaign. Yeah. But terraforming Mars, for example, I mean that has a lot of parts in it and lots of bips and bobs and everything. And they have a PC version of it, and it runs just fine. Now everyone swears by it. They say it's great. You can even get it on your iPhone now. But but mm. they are dedicated custom programs rather than a simulated version of the tabletop game. Yeah. Well, of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, but the the that like uh, that that's the answer only for games that are massive 4X yeah. games. You have to make a dedicated software for it because yeah. otherwise it'll just be clunky. I mean, so, but that, I mean that I would still argue. Uh, yes, that for, for for a lot of games it would it's of course it's, it's better, it's easier, more streamlined if you have a dedicated program for that. But I still think Tabletopia if you could, I mean, if, if there's a lot of setup is already done, it's not that clunky of a game, actually. It's the setup that, and keep, keeping track of all the bips and bobs that takes yeah, up most of the time. Yeah. Whereas in Tabletop, it's already like you, you set up the game, it's already technically set up. The bips and bobs are there. They're not going to fall under the table or get lost somewhere. Or the dog's, dog's, dog's going to steal them or something. They're not really going anywhere. It's not that ungainly. It's more it's the interface is, is tiring when there's mm-hmm. lots of lots of the yeah. well, lots of parts there but it's not that difficult okay. well what games have we played that would be really good in tabletop yeah we, we played fiasco and i thought that went perfectly i'm thinking that would uh, be a roll 20 or tabletop yeah, yeah, yeah. tabletop that was tabletop for, for board game yeah. oh yeah, for, for, yeah fiasco, but you said so. fiasco yeah we played oh, fiasco well, was roll 20 no mm. was it roll 20 no, you're right. It was. Yeah. It was. You're absolutely right. It was Roll Twenty. But for either of them, I mean, I'm thinking Once Upon a Time would work really well because there's not that many moving parts. There's just cards. Yeah. Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> once, I'd would... argue that Once. I mean, Once Upon a Time would be a great game. I mean, hmm, I mean, you, uh, Once Upon a Time you could actually play on a WhatsApp video call. Yeah. Because whenever you, I mean, you just start interrupting us in the game and start. Uh, taking over, over the game, all you have to do is like turn over your over your phone and then show, ha, here's the card. Yeah, if, if yeah, if, but see the thing is, if both of you have the same two decks, then you might pull out the same card. That's okay. Or you might have that. That's okay. Mm-hmm. They can hij- You can hijack each other's story. That's fine. That's that's part of the game. I think. I don't know. I don't know. That that goes too too far. I mean, mm-hmm. like, what if you have both have the same ending? They're going for. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, well, I mean the po- well, that that is true. Okay. Well, then you'd have to have something like tabletop or something that has the virtual deck somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like uh, reeling it back to like actual games that we could you know play. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are other types of like board games and such that you can play? Like, let's say, I mean, I'd say all, uh, all all kinds of card games should work pretty well there. Yeah, but these these are like on online uh, online platforms. But like, is there anything that you one can play like um, not online? I mean, we we touched upon um, play by mail and stuff. But let's say something with a more modern twist, like um, oh, there there was uh, the uh, text message based role playing game that you've you discovered. Yes, that that game. Um, what was that called? Tell everyone about that. Because that I, that looked really interesting, and uh, oh and yes, I mean, yes, yes, this, this is a game uh, Steph found on Kickstarter, I believe, and yes. uh, it should be a a role playing game. Uh, in, in, in the modern world, and it all happens through text messages in a group chat, as in like yes. it would actually be in a group chat. 
Yes, it's called Alice is Missing, a silent role-playing game. Um, the premise is really interesting, and basically everyone is, uh, they're either classmates or they're in, from the same school, but they're all friends. And one day one of their friends goes missing, and everyone has their own secret story or secret thing. And you play through the whole thing in an hour, and there's a timer that goes down. And whenever the timer reaches a certain milestone, then certain things happen in the game. Um, it's designed so that everyone plays in the same room and is just tapping on their iPhone, but then there is uh, a Roll20 version. But I, I, I'm pretty sure with a few tweaks here and there, this can be done just on, on your iPhones or mobile phones anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, because if you're in all in the same room tapping on your phones, it's well, being in the same room is essentially pointless. You can just have a video chat if you need to have that sort of like... You you for well you want to see each other, yeah. But it seems it's a bit boring. Maybe like, hey guys, let's go together and play a role playing game. Yeah, awesome. Okay, let us let's all sit in this room and be quiet, no speaking. Well, it is only for an hour, and it is pretty. People have said who have played it now, they say it's pretty intense because it goes. It has very, the themes in it go into very dark places. If if you wanted to, it can you can do it funny as well. But it it's it's pretty heavy. And I think that that's that's um, a cool thing because I mean, us as a group, where we're, we're, we usually go for the funny stuff and the creepy stuff and you know the horror. But oh, there's always been an element of fun in there. But I don't think we've ever really gone um, gone at any point like serious. I mean, sometimes in our D and D games we can go into a serious place, but I don't think we've ever actually played a game that's starts off in a serious place if you that's know what true, I mean. that's true yeah we if it's game start getting a bit too serious we we tend to pretty quickly pull it into satire to make it more comfortable i'm some after alcohol i'm genuinely yeah. concerned that i may lack the emotional maturity to take it seriously and i'll just end up doing something silly because uh i do have a tendency oh, come on tom that i have a tendency that, that's to take things to the absurd yeah, but see that—that's your—that's your coping mechanism. Oh, quite which possibly, yeah. Normal. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty normal. And the thing is, is that you do play serious stuff. I mean, Christ. I mean, we we've been playing Curse of Strahd, and you you do go into serious places. I mean, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'm going to tell the tell the people about some of the some of the shenanigans happening in Curse of Strahd. Okay, so which, spoilers if you ever want to play Curse of Strahd, which you should because it's awesome. But still, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is more about char- my character, and I, okay. I don't. I doubt my character is like in the campaign, but <laughs> um, my character, or well, I don't know what, what with what's happening with my character might be in the campaign. But anyway, my character has um, potentially found a half brother, and and that got like. First, that got me as a player a bit like upset because I'm like, you know, fuck, Tom is now, now adding stuff into my character story. But then after a while, I started thinking like, actually, this is pretty cool because this is exactly how my character would also react because my character is like grown up in the streets and he's a thief and stuff. And of course, he'd react instantly like, well, fuck you. I don't need anybody. And then we played that really pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know? And that 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 ended up pretty good because I mean I didn't I because I too also like to goof around and have it be all funny and stuff. But I saw I saw the opportunity being too good to just be stupid and goofy. I I wanted it to 
play it seriously. Like this guy really was emotionally distraught with this whole thing. I mean, not only is he in a place that is totally out of his comfort zone, but now a situation is like in his personal life is now getting fucked over as well. That's not fair, you know? So I, I think that that's very, very cool because now I'm actually playing with a, playing with this character on a whole different level, which I wouldn't have played. So, um, I'm not saying that when we're going to play Alice is Missing that everyone has to, you know, be dealing with, you know, family trauma and abuse and (laughs) drugs and shit. But I think with a game called Alice is Missing, it would be kind of also weird if we're all just joking and stuff and she's like not really missing, that she's just stoned somewhere (laughs) in a parking lot. Mm, Yeah. Do you remember what? By her, like, dealer boyfriend. Do you remember what mm. you did to me in Pendragon 10 years ago? Because I remember. Oh, shit. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, so so we're, we're playing Pendragon, which is an Arthurian Legends roleplay game. Uh, which we should play we should again. Play again. Very that good, was hilarious. Very good fun. Also very, very deadly and very dour. And it came to the mm. sort of winter season time where you, where you maintain what's oh, happening to your shit, family yeah. tree. And uh, it's like... Oh, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> like, okay, let's see what happens. So, okay... Your character gets married. That's wonderful. Oh, your your wife gets pregnant, and unfortunately, your wife and child die in in, in childbirth. Ah, oh, uh, your your wife's eight months pregnant, isn't she, Tom? It's like yes, yes, she is. Thank you for bringing this up. <laughs> it didn't quite go like that, but yes, unfortunately, your your make believe family all died. Uh, they all, they all died, died. Yeah, but you can't really blame Steph for that because I think pretty sure that was controlled by the dice. But, but, it but Steph controls yeah. the dice. Don't don't you know that yet? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but um, ah, now I see where this whole Tom cheats comes from <laughs> because it was after that happened. It made he made it his mission to you know just fuck with me. No, but like after that, if I recall, your character became uh, quite a ladies' man, uh, and he. Repopulated England after that. Uh, South Wales. Repopulated South Wales. South Wales. Yes. <laughs> yes. Having lived in South Wales, not that difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so no, like maybe technically, five, they're all your five, five pregnancies. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was a fun game, and it has like the Great Pendragon campaign that takes like five years to actually play through, and it, it's it's nuts. I, I I love that game. So we should play it again. We one should day. play. Yeah, it was fun. What about single-player games? I mean, sometimes maybe you want to just play alone. Yeah, some, sometimes it's it's uh, it's a good choice to just play with yourself. Yeah, exactly. There's all kinds some... of games and toys for that. <laughs> Master gaming. Hmm. Honestly, like single-player board games have never really appealed to me that much. The the thing I like about board games is is playing with other people. And a lot of I have a lot of games that have a single player solo mode, and it's just like no, no. If, if I if I can't play this with someone else, I'll save it for later, and I'll I'll get my fix of this game like in a in a group or in a pair. And uh, there's I mean there's uh, plenty of other things to do for one player, but I mean if there's any great one player games, I'm happy to take recommendations and give them a try. Change my mind on this. What what should I play? Well. Um, solitaire the classic solitaire well, okay. it's, i mean it's single player card it's game. boring itself. it's a bit boring but i mean in, in it's a bit plain but it's actually not that bad of a game if you if you do all if all you got is deck of cards you want to 
spend some time because there is a lot of a lot of like mental work involved in that one. Okay. But if if I'm alone with it's a like, deck of cards, I'm prepping magic tricks to amaze you guys. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, Planetarium actually has a really fun um, single player mode, which is like super fast, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's not too bad. I mean, you just create solar systems, and they're fun. But um, one game that actually works superbly well as a single player game is Seventh Continent. Oh, okay. I can imagine that one working because I have, that one has a very randomly created sort of narrative that happens in the game. You go to mm-hmm. a place, you experience what's happening, you make a choice, and it's not it's not always the same outcome. So you don't really know what's going to happen. So yeah, yeah I, can, I, I would you, imagine yeah, yeah, games like that. But that's a, and, that's um, a massive stories. I, I was going to say for Seventh Continent, that's a massive commitment to spend a lot of time doing something by yourself. Well, I mean, I like computer games, which is usually because if if I want to play a game alone, yeah. I'll usually go for, for a computer game. Mm. And uh, but but if I'm and well, to be honest, I mean, well, the amount of time I can spend on a computer game, I mean, playing playing through one campaign of Seventh Continent alone, I could do that. But but with a computer game, it's a lot easier to pause and restart. You don't have to take over your kitchen table for a weekend and uh, tell your wife and kids they can't touch the meeples. Another game you can play is uh, Detective. You can do that and go through all the stories and enjoy mm. that as well. Uh, they have a single-player module in that. But surprisingly enough, a game that has been actually getting good reviews as a single-player component mm-hmm. is Tricarion. Oh, interesting. Do go on. Tricarion has um, a whole single-player mode with its own cards and everything like that. And it's, it's like really interesting. I must say, considering the amount of time we've been talking about Tricarion, praising the game, I think Tri- Tricarion is our is our like model for the perfect a good game. Compare yeah. everything to Tricarion. I have not realized it actually has a single player mode, and I'm actually intrigued. I want to try it out because whenever we play against each other, there's a there's there's a part of me that wants to experiment and try something new. But another part that just wants to go to the tried and tested that will that will get me that will make mm. me win. <laughs> mm. I, I gotta admit, I I was so happy that I I took the chains guy, and then I realized that like wait a minute, this guy's thing is the tricarion stones, the shards, and now I think like I'm gonna try that again, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, and go even that, more that, so. That's what I'm saying, like because with a game like Detective Answers. And Seventh Continent with some of some of the well, no, not that much with Seventh Continent, but with Detective and other of this time like, stories and time stories where it is every case is its own story. It is kind of a you play it through once and then you know the answers kind of game. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah I mean, Seventh Continent has some narrative things that you yes, you know what you'll need to find, but it won't always be the same road that you you, you, you take. It won't, and and because the road is so big you can still enjoy it again by going through the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. So I would um, I, I would see Seventh Continent has way more replayability than Detective, but Tricarion, a single-player game, wow, because there is so... Because, yeah, again, all plays Tricarion, there is just so many ways, so many paths to victory. And I, every, t- every time I play it, it just it opens up a little bit more. Yeah, that's true. Um... So single player well, mode is like really good for like just exploring what all you can do, how what kind of things could lead to a victory in that one. Another great game to to play online, actually, or not online, but uh, social distancing, is Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, everyone needs to have a copy of it. But yeah, yeah, 
Well, so I mean, you can the all, thing is all, that, all read the same newspaper. Well, I mean, all you have to do is scan it. Scan the newspaper and yeah. scan the directory and yeah. scan the map. Yeah. And then Break one person... Copyright. Well, no. I mean, the thing is, you scan... You, hmm. Um, there is the case book, and I would say that the owner of the case book would be the owner who then reads the case book, but then everyone else might have access to the newspaper and then the the map and that, so that, you know, everyone else can see those things, but then whenever they go somewhere, then the owner would read the case book. Yeah. But, I mean, you can play that alone. That's a game you can definitely play alone by the fireside. Oh, absolutely. You know, you have your little cognac and read your newspaper and, you know, solve a murder. Mm, yeah, definitely. There's yeah. a there's a, a game that I used to play with some colleagues years and years ago, back when I was in Manchester. And uh, my friend Len ran it. Len, if you're listening, this is the game. It never had a name. It was just the game. And it was it was a strategy based game, and we just told him every day like, "This is what we this is what my faction wants to do," and I don't know how he kept track of it. I don't know whether he had had all the details in a spreadsheet or whether it was purely narrative, or whether he just made it up. But he would set up conflicts between our factions. We'd we'd tell him our rough tactics, and he would give us a resolution. This is what happens, and it was this. It was fun, but I've got no idea how we made it work. This kind of reminds me of a very old game I used to play on, um, if you remember, bulletin board services, BBSs. Yeah, yeah. There was one very famous one in Finland called VGA Planets. And you you basically, it, it was like Masters of Orion, technically. Uh-huh. And it was turn-based, but each turn would like, it, it wasn't real-time, it would like take a day or a week or something like that. It was very, I wasn't very good at it. My friends played it even played it more. But, um, I remember I was in a, I was in a chat forum once for free space Two, And someone created a similar kind of game, which was purely on, on the forums. There was a star map and everything. And then everyone would say each week what, what their faction would do. And then this guy would run it just like you said, and um, I remember my faction was um, like uh, pleasure resorts and and hotels and stuff. So I would ha- I would have very small fleets, like a security force, but everyone else would just come and party at my place always. And my whole thing was that I was gathering secrets, so I was like an information broker. So it was it was it was cool. In the end, I got to taken over by some alien faction, and then they sucked my brains out. And I thought that, that okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, games like that. I mean, they're they're wonderful to play, but whoever's running it has to have a really solid idea of what's going on, and because they're making and lots of time on their hands. Yeah, because they're making the framework up for the rules themselves. Uh, it's it's tough, but it was it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of, of old games from our past, I got a parcel delivered a couple of days ago, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, there was um, there was a game that that you were reminiscing about, the Jaws board game, and you described. But it's not an old game; it's a new game. Um, is it? Is it new? Is it old? Oh yeah, yeah. Jo- 
No, no, no. It's I mean, it's based on an old movie. Oh, yeah, okay. But it's a new it's game. A new game. It was made like, you know, like 5 years ago okay, or something. So it's not that old. But yeah, the way you described it to me, I thought this this sounds really good fun. I mean, uh, so I, I I just ordered it and it arrived in the post and uh we're going to have to give it a try next time we're face to face. Definitely. Yeah, I'm really looking Ooh, forward to it. Definitely. That. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to play it. I mean, everyone's like swearing. Everyone um I've read like on Ars Technica and stuff. They've mm. all said that like this game has no right being as good as it is. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to have a good game like this that you can buy from, like you know, a Target store. You know, it's, <laughs> this kind of game has somehow gone past all the good film, all the good game makers, and it's ended up in the kids section, and it's not supposed to be there. Um, but, um, <laughs> the aficionados are getting angry, like, no, it's too good to be there. It's not supposed well, yeah. to be next to next to fucking Monopoly and Kimball. Exactly, and it's there, and it's like, what the fuck? And uh, Ravenberg, I mean, they've been making good games um, for a very long time, very successful games, a lot of them, but I think now they're hitting their stride because they're coming out with a Back to the Future game now or Ooh, something. Okay. Uh, and they look very like, you know, Ameritrash-style games. So... Um, I'm I'm looking forward to even the Back to the Future game that's co- that's coming out soon. However, uh, you mentioned old games from the past, yeah. and then when I said new, there is actually an old game from the past that I want to get. Oh, go on. Which they've now done a new pressing because everyone on Board Game Geek was, lo- you know, they were just saying that this is a fucking incredible game. It was too good back in the day for anyone to appreciate, but now now is its time, and it's the Dune game. Oh yeah, Not Doom. But mm. Dune, Dune, Frank Herbert, Dune, with sand. with sand, Frank Herberts, and now it has a, an expansion and everything. But it it looks like there's like eight different ways to win, each one different with whatever faction you're playing, and it it just looks very convoluted, very political, and lots of fun. And I don't think that can be played <laughs> without social distance or or with social distancing. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of the the original Dune movie, um, and I'm really looking forward to the remake that's come out. And I saw oh, yeah. the I saw the Seems sci-fi TV special, and that that was wasn't bad, but wasn't my thing. But to play a game in it, it was okay. And of course, it was the um, it was the first uh, RTS game. Mm, was it the first RTS? It's the first one I remember playing. Going like, oh shit, this is cool. Which was Dune Two. Yeah, Dune Two. Uh, yeah. Dune. Um, Dune one had tactical elements to it, but yeah. Man, yeah. maybe you're right. Maybe no, I, I, I think Ju- I think June specifically June two I think was the first recognizable RTS game, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it, look how the genre's done now. Anyway, the line I've got here from Wikipedia says, while not necessarily the first real-time strategy video game, Dune two established the format that would be followed for years to come. So it was the first. RTS of the style that we would recognize now, mm. because mm. Uh, you know, Command and Conquer and Warcraft were essentially reskins in terms of gameplay of Dune Two. They played the same way uh, in their own individual setting. But hey, do you know what? What's nothing like Dune? What? But a good good game that I remember from my childhood. Go on. I like playing Mastermind. Mastermind was fun. That was a good game. It's a game yeah. where you have this board with uh, lots of uh, holes for pins, and uh, the it's the two play. It's, you play against someone, and the the one you play. There's a player who is starting to guess 
a, a sequence of colored pins mm-hmm. and the other person is controlling the board and they have within a sort of like secluded little nook there placed a series of four colored pins and then uh, the other, other player takes turn that well keeps on trying to guess what sequence the pins are and then the the uh, the the one who has the hidden pins then uh, gives this up uses, uses markers to mark which uh, which colors were correct interesting yeah I mean it's it's not the most ex- uh, advanced game but I'm sure it's a degree of fun mm. yeah. I used to um oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I used to play a game with my family when I was a kid called the the business game. It was uh, it was first written in 1965, where it was called Mine for Millions, and the version we had was from 1972 called the business game. And you play the owner of a small Welsh gold mine, and you, know, you, you have to mine for gold, transport it to uh, market to sell, and eventually uh, export it overseas to make money. Uh, it's all very, very capitalist, and you know, m- money is good. Isn't capitalism wonderful? Huzzah! But uh, at, and the gameplay was ridiculously simple. Uh, it, it's certainly not up to the standard of board games today. But as a child, I loved it. I really did, and uh, I've got fond memories playing that. Uh, we had Monopoly, but of course, nobody. M- Monop- we've talked about Monopoly lots. I, I don't like Monopoly. Um, did you guys play Mousetrap? Did you have that when you were a kid? I loved Mousetrap. Uh, I think we had my. I think my grandfather had like half a Mousetrap. Yeah, because but once you lose a piece, the whole game is useless because yeah. the this enor- the the aim of the game is to construct an enormous uh, Rube Goldberg style mousetrap, and uh, eventually, when it's all put together. Uh, someone will be in the right position to catch a mouse and you set the set the trap off and all these various different bits fall into place and happen and the mouse gets caught but if you've lost a part the whole thing doesn't work and uh it's it's very vulnerable to being uh broken by children or having a piece lost but other than that it was a fun game i remember I remember there was in Finland it was a massive like hit it was like this ghost house game which was like uh, also had this Rube, uh, Rube Goldbergian design you drop like a like a pebble or like a, a, a bearing mm-hmm. into the chimney and it would fall in a random direction on the board and if you were on the trap then it would flip your character over and um that was always a fun game to play but as a kid one of the games that I I enjoyed playing more so than uh, Monopoly was Hotel because it was like Monopoly, but you actually built the houses and there were like different kinds of hotels they built on it. It was a lot cooler. That sounds, I've, I've never seen that one, but it sounds interesting. It was like a three-dimensional game. You had like big houses mm. or like there was like the President Hotel, which were like these, you know, uh, high tower, um, silver structures, very square like... Um, twin towers kind of thing and then there was like this kind of japanese golden you know cylinders which were very cool and then then you got the smaller little houses and then there was like tiki huts as well and it it was a very simplified simplified version of of uh monopoly and it was a game where you could win (laughs) fair enough did did you play snakes and ladders as kids yes i did did. various various forms of it yes did you know it's called something different in america 
shoots yeah, and they call it shoots and ladders because because apparently snakes are scary over there. But the thing that gets me about that game is, what do you do in that game? Is there a single choice that you make in that game? Oh, it's, it's it's pure randomness. You just throw dice. Yeah. yeah. But then again, so is Yahtzee. Well, there's a reason I yeah, don't like Yahtzee as well. But Yeah. Well, of course, there was another game that everyone loved as a kid. It was Hey, the Sika. In English, you like toss the pigs. Oh, that was a different oh. game. Man, that was... I remember when I, I was at a... I think I was my grandparents. Yeah, like Summer Cottage. And I found this this little black plastic case. I wonder, what mm. is this? And I opened it, and it's it's a, it's a big it's as big as like half a wallet. And look yeah. like if I fastly decorated, open up, and inside is green velvet. And, yeah. and, 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 and like and nestled in the green velvet is two two plastic, little piggies, two plastic pigs. And I was so confused. I didn't understand <laughs> where they're pigs. And then there was a little booklet which had, which had pictures of like the pigs in various positions and then the points. Karma Sutra for pigs. Well, yeah, then through the logic and deduction, I, I figured out do I do I throw the pigs? <laughs> and it's like how they land. And apparently, yes, that is the game. You take turns yes. in with, with two little plastic pigs and you throw them at a corner or on the table. And depending on how the pigs land, you then record the points. Like, are they on their feet? Are they on the back? Is one one on the side? One on the back? Does it actually like land? Like stop? Well, with like its its face it's down, snout. ass up. Yeah. You know. And now, now that is a game where there's a lot of chance, but there is a hint of of skill. I like, I can, I you, can you chuck the pig you. just right? I defy you to be able to throw the pigs in a way that they land how you want. Well, so uh, that's what they a hint and like a promise of skill. Is it actually there? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'd, yeah. I'd say but, they're about but, as random as dice, but... I, I just think that it's it was... Uh, someone came up with an idea. It's like, we, you know, like, we have these nice dice boxes, but, like, everyone has random dice games, and we need to sell these to kids somehow. And, you know, having a dice set is too much like games of chance. So let's change them into two little piggies that we yeah. chuck. Chuck a pig. Uh, chuck a pig. And I, I remember the box as well, and it had green velvet inside, and they were, like, indented. Yeah. So they were, like, you know, protected. Was, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was so fancy. I mean, the first time I opened it, I was confused by the pigs, and I was afraid to touch them because I thought these were something expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was great. Oh, I I missed that game. I should get it anyway. Yeah, yeah, it 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 is a classic, and also unlike dice, the pig mm. ultimately does have because you get the more points for actually rare uh, uh, positions. Like it is actually very unlikely to land on its snout. Yeah, and ooh, stay ooh. there. <clears throat> I got a game that's tactical and it's from old school, uh, kitty times. Uno. Well, yeah, that has nice. made a massive resurgence lately. So yeah, yeah, that's that. that that's a fun game, and I like that there. There is a uh, a uh, a large like controversy in Uno, which then the, the makers had then uh, took a stand in, and the, a lot of the players disagreed. And like, no, what? <laughs> uh, and like, how how many play? Can you play multiple? Like, pick up a card, multi- more than one of them, uh, at a single time. Oh, like, according and? to game makers, no, you can only. If you play, uh, pick up four card, that ends your turn. 
you can't play four of them in a row or, or like multiple like pick up x x cards on the same turn okay yeah because then where players think about got, got upset because that's a fun fun tactic of, of just hoarding those and then like mass dropping dropping this massive load of pay. now now you have to pick up like 38 cards or like or, well multiple cards instead of yeah, well then you can house rule it well, yeah, exactly. But I, I, I like the fact that he got back, and I, uh, in like in the memescape, I noticed that then people mm. got got upset, upset thanks to the uh, thanks to the makers of the game, like pointing out, like, well, no, according to the rules, you can only play one of those per turn, not multiple. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. Okay. Reeling it back to social distancing and stuff. I mean, and and maybe like with kids. I mean, imagine oh. the kids now these days. You know, like we 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 grew up. I mean, the only thing that we feared was like nuclear annihilation, and you know, that's nothing. Well, we lived through um, the AIDS but, epidemic as well. So come on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nuclear annihilation. Yeah. 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 AIDS we went through the, we, but we went through the AIDS epidemic without worrying about AIDS because we were still kids. Yeah, that's true. Oh, what about the satanic you know. panic? We lived through that as well. No, yeah, but then we were we were toddlers then. Yeah, plus I don't I don't know how much of a satanic panic there was in Finland. It, it, yeah. it got reasonably far in England thanks to some annoying people, but yeah, yeah, but that that was like in eighty five, eighty six. Back back then, there was like maybe like five people in Finland who we had yeah, heard about D and D. I I will we say were, we were really backward. The satanic panic yeah. was still in full strength when Interview with a Vampire came out. Uh, maybe. Because do you remember um, Oprah Winfrey led a prayer circle in the cinema because she was so terrified of it? Yeah, uh, but that's satanic panic for no. movies. Yeah. You, you can't no, bring I, that into, into into like the European context and say like, oh, this was how people acted. No, those are. But it, that, they acted it's crazy over there. people over there. It, it was it it's was mirrored to ways. a lesser extent in the UK. I mean, I think Finland was probably insulated somewhat due to Finnish pragmatism, but. Um, the, the, it did show up in the UK to a lesser extent. And it, I mean, but like, think about this. You know, like, okay, we, we lived through, you know, nuclear annihilation, satanic panic and AIDS, that sort of stuff. But like, it didn't stop us from playing together on, on well, yeah, know, they, yeah, they're, they're, out they're, in the yes. field or playing well, board games. Well, especially I mean, with modern kids, how I many people are like, oh, you, you, you kid goes out, they have to the text their parents, they do whatnot. I grew up in the, in the, in the country. My parents were just like, get, get home before light. But anyway, but like now kids are like when they when they're going to be talking about like, oh, yeah, do you remember back in the day? Like, are they going to remember or are they just going to be like, yeah, it was a very lonely time, you know, mm. or are there going to be kids like dressed up in biohazard suits playing board games together or something? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they're it. I, I, I was going to add when we were kids, our parents told us, you know, got to watch out for, you know, the, for nuclear warfare. We've got to watch out for the, the AIDS epidemic. What? what they really should have been <laughs> they told you that well the, at schools there were public information schools about uh public information films about about aids about nuclear warfare well, yeah yeah i mean and it, it, it was a main theme on tv as well yeah. as well I and mean, like in very yeah. in most shows on tv had at least one or two aid specials yeah but that being said that is true they said they said you know it's safe for you, it's for you to come home and, and you know the safest place for you is at home watching TV and here's here's on TV is Jimmy Savile and Gary Glitter and Rolf Harris so um yeah mm. we kind of got that the wrong way round didn't we but yeah and I, but still like but we were we, we were growing up the parents might have wanted, either wanted us outside playing or inside where they could see watching TV and well watching TV to an extent and then doing 
whatever, like playing with things, because we weren't allowed to watch too much TV because that might have been bad. And nowadays it seems like, oh, there's a pandemic. Now everyone should have their kids, kids inside. Wow, parents can't wait to like just shove their kids out. Like, get the fuck out. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> parents nowadays hate their kids. I want them all to go to school. Like, okay, there's all this like doctors says important thing. Well, but whenever there's a large congregation of people. You know, then there's 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 gonna be contagion. So maybe we should avoid this and do some like long distance stuff. And then people are like, no, no, I don't want to talk to my kid. I don't want to spend time with it. I want the I want they need to be in hobbies and in school and doing all these other things. They need to be away from me. Yes. <laughs> and then and, and then when then when kids turn into to, to turn out to be assholes and like uh, not properly like morally morally raised to be a sensible human beings, then they also blame the schools and stuff. And he said like, and that is why people should spend time with their kids and talk. That is why parents have to play board games with their kids. Yes. Because board games teach you critical thinking skills, people and, people skills. And how and to spot if resentment. daddy is cheating. Yeah. Yeah. And deep resentment, you know? Well, that's why they should... No, no. To avoid that, they shouldn't play Monopoly. They yeah. should play... <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. True. yeah. Did, did you well, guys yeah, ever well, play... Tri- it has to be sneaky. Did you guys ever play Trivial Pursuit as kids? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. And I, naturally, because I played it as a kid, I was not very good at it. I wasn't very good, but I, I oh, and let me tell you one story which was amazing. Go on. Um, if you remember, there was an old Gary Oldman movie called um, uh, Rosencrantz and Gilderstern Are Dead. I've seen the play, but not the film. Yeah, it, it's a strange movie. And I remember I, it, I watched it for some reason, and it was a funny movie. I didn't understand shit all what happened in it, but I knew that they were Hamlet's friends. They were his two best friends, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there was, and we were playing Trivial Pursuit and I'm, I'm sucking all the time. And I don't know any of these questions because these are questions from like the seventies because my dad has like an old, old, like anniversary edition from like 1985, whatever. Everyone's playing and they're answering their questions, feeling all good about themselves. And then there comes like, who were Hamlet's two best friends? And no one knew it. And everyone's like, "Mm, I don't know. And I'm, I just start laughing and I'm like, I know this one. And <laughs> even my brother was like, go fuck yourself. You don't know this one. I'm like, I do. It's like Rosencrantz and Gilderstern. And like the look on their faces were like, <gasps> but my brother had to deflate me instantly. like, oh yeah, well, you looked at the card, didn't you? And I'm like, no, I didn't. I know this. Yeah, right. You don't know anything. Go away. <laughs> oh. uh, like all brothers are. Yeah. He got, he got upset that I, I knew something so esoteric. Now, I, I've seen um, on YouTube a really good alternative way of playing Trivial Pursuit. Uh, it's done by a YouTuber called Tom Scott, uh, worth a follow. Um, and he gets his friends together and they play reverse Trivial Pursuit. So they have a, a, they have a, a set from, I think it was 1982 that they used. And what they do is they, they pick a category. And then they give you the answer and you have to try and work out what the question was. And everyone is spitballing between them like, okay, what topics involve this as an answer? And whoever gets closest to the original question gets the mark. So, for example, if the answer was Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, you would have to try, well, what do we know about those? It's a play, it's a film, they were Hamlet's best friends. Okay, you get the point for that. And I, I love this idea of taking like well-established board games and then just doing something completely different with them, but still, okay. still having fun. So let's let's give this another round. 
um monopoly i mean we've we've gone into that whole like trying to improve upon it and stuff but like what's the way that we can turn it around so how about you start off with a shitload of property and you're trying to sell it off yeah because they're not making you any money oh you you've got squatters and you have to get rid of all your houses yeah you have, yeah, yeah. You have to Some, demolish everything crazy. so you can gentrify yeah but yeah. how do you yeah, yeah yeah okay but how do you sell them um, if someone lands, oh, no, you force if so, them upon people. If someone lands there, they're forced to buy it off you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, how and does then, the game end? Because everyone is like keeps on buying them from each other. Oh, the game ends when they all the houses burn down because <laughs> there has to. Be- <laughs> yeah. yeah. So say so, yeah. So the game comes comes with uh, just a, like a tiny can of lighter fluid and some matches. That would improve my so Yeah, yeah. Because because eventually someone. No, I just can't take it anymore, and they'll burn up the, and they'll uh, burn the board. But but see, the thing is that we have to flip it totally on its end. No one wants to end up in jail, right? But this is where you want to end up in jail because that means you're taking these squatters to jail. Oh, I've got it, I've got it. We combine um, one of my favorite films, The Producers, and we have Monopoly Insurance Fraud Edition. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Go 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 ahead. Yeah. How do you do it? Well, I, I don't know, but it, it involves like trying to get people into your house and then burning it down. And uh, obviously you want to end up in jail because then you have an alibi. So there you go. So oh, wait, I mean, no. you own the, you, you have the land and then you have to build it up as much as possible before burning it down. Yeah. Okay. Oh, go uh, ahead. Yes, but, and, and how do we do this? I think we should, the, the mechanic that Monopoly, then that Monopoly requires is the smuggling mechanic from sharing of, sharing, uh, Sheriff of, of Nottingham. Oh, go on. Tell me more. Well, something like well, so so whoever is like it's their turn, and then the other player, or some player on the left, player on the right, they represent the bank or or whatever, or them or themselves, and then you have to sell yeah. off. You have to try to sell off a uh, 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 property, and you, then you try to convince is the, is is it only that, or does it come with like that? Oh shit! It came with like ratty houses. Uh, so you've got to, like a package right. of unknown properties that you're trying to big the price up for. Yeah. This is, this is exactly what caused it's the global financial crisis. You just crisis. want to get rid of them. So, you, so it's like, uh, uh, is there only one property, or does this come with? Well, well you have to make uh, man, you have to make new cards. Like it, it's the property, but then you know you have to like sell it so it doesn't come with like water damage. But it's not the bankers; it's the insurance company because you want to hike up the insurance costs as much as possible. So you're going to have to like say like, oh yeah, these are really good properties. And, you know, so basically you have hidden in your envelope all the properties with all the shit on there, but you have to make them sound so lucrative and, pos- you know, positive so that they will accept the insurance cl- um, the insurance costs on it. But then they can be like bullshit. So you have to really give a really good pitch. It's like, oh, yeah, this is a really nice house in a really good, you know, area like Soto Sopa, you know, like... Uh, really gentrified but it's full of like drug addicts and shit so if like the insurance guy doesn't believe you they look like they look into it and they can- essentially yeah. to make that work you would need an, an extra like modifier deck of cards like yeah. squatters water damage and so on and you try yeah, crack to, houses yeah crack houses and or and like um well yeah and then you'd have some modifiers you can like add to your like a bad thing like uh your your own negligence. You can use your own negligence. Negligence that gives you a boost somehow, and then you. But then you have to have to pawn these off together with the like uh, yeah, pre, yeah. pre-existing. Oh, it, it burnt down a little bit, but uh, and that's why I want. I need uh, like the insurance company to pay me back for 
all of this stuff, and then and you have to convince them that you don't have any of your some for some of your own bullshit in in there. Like you sold you sold the windows, <laughs> you know, and that's why that's why you got full of crack, you know, full of crack addicts. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I want to play this game now. Uh, I, yeah, I want to yeah. play this game. I'm like, okay, I, so I think that would be so good. Okay, you know, okay like, essentially, yeah. so it's not even you know we can like kind of it's kind of monopoly because it's essentially sharing of Nottingham real estate version. Real yeah. estate agents. Yeah, but you, you, it, you're but trying to sell this bullshit apartment <laughs> to but, all, but to all like flip-floppers. You, <laughs> you could create a monopoly of, you know, like of meth houses and meth labs. You know, you start popping them up in like all all, the, all your different properties or, you know, because there's... See, yes, exactly. There's oh, the power shit. plant. There's the train stations. So if you get it, then you get the meth lab house. You can get like the crack dens. You can get the horror houses. And then you can start placing them into your properties. And you know you can put them, put all your eggs in one basket, like you know, yeah, in yeah. Boardwalk, and have like a crack house slash meth lab. Yeah, yeah uh, see, uh, see, Mayfair see, and Park I, Lane, it, please. We're going to use the British version for this. Are you trying to so we, we've we've fixed Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we fixed it. We can make it better. We can make it fun to play. Yeah, and but yeah, mm. and a new game, gentrification. gentrification. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, it's like, like brand new fancy houses. But it doesn't. It doesn't fix the local drug. The local drug problem. You know. <laughs> you know. There's, there's, there's still crack needles in the in the in the park. And we yes. should. Um. We should, It should have a tagline, which is a, a a variation on the famous quote from Groucho Marx. You know, he said, "I wouldn't want to be a member of any club that would let me in." And uh, you know, we could we could modify it so um something like, "I can't afford to live in any area." So, uh, no, other way around. So you're just homeless? No, 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 no. It, variation so, of the club. Sorry. Any club that'll have me, I don't want to be there. And like, like right, variation right, right. Yeah. I can't afford to live anywhere. Right, right off the bat, it's like, it's like I can't afford <laughs> to live, here, yeah. live anywhere here. No, something, uh, let me think, so... Um, I was I was thinking like the catchphrase should be like if it's too good to be true, no. yeah, uh, no, and oh, that's it, you know. Uh, something like that. any area I move into, the property values suddenly go down. Because uh, I, no, I, I, I I quite like it. it's like I can't afford any of this shit. <laughs> 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 I can't afford any of these rents. Yeah, no, but like. The, the little guys have to be like you know instead of the dog and the diamond and the, and the race car it has to be like you know like a you know small like a Nissan and the deal you know like a rac- the lumbersexual hipster yeah like a you know a raccoon a latte uh, <laughs> a latte <laughs> yeah a hipster scarf yeah yeah <laughs>